Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle Podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Welcome again, Ike, to the live stream and welcome everyone else who's watching. So my guest here today is Ike and he's a serial entrepreneur who has sold two businesses is, and is in the cryptocurrency space for already a year or nearly a year. And he's launched or he's launching two blockchain related projects that we may discuss as well on this uh, live stream here. Uh, and this is the second time he's a guest here. And it's because the first time uh, the response was pretty big. You guys love the content. You guys really care about crypto and ICOs. Now, today's topics are going to be primarily about ICOs, right? So we're going to talk about how to get funded as an ICO. Uh, for an ICO launch, how to get funding, and also uh, if ICO is a good investment opportunity. We're also going to cover some smaller topics as well, but uh, welcome, Ike. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, so quick disclaimer, Ike is the expert here, and I'm doing, of course, my best to get the best possible answers uh, from Ike, but uh, he's the expert here, so I'm not going to be able to contribute too much. However, thankfully, uh, I think this, from my friends, this is probably the guy who knows the most about ICOs and crypto. So uh, let's just get started with the first one. Um, basically, how do you get funded? So a lot of guys, they obviously, they, they think, or maybe rightfully so, that you can just make millions of dollars from ICOs and get money from people who don't really know what they're doing. Uh, what do you think about uh, funding for ICOs, Ike? All right. Mm, well, one thing that's clear is that there are projects that have gotten more than 250 million in funding. And they've gotten that funding without having any profit, nor any revenue, nor any clients, nor any product, nor any MVP, just having a white paper, not mm -hmm. even having a marketing plan, not even having a financial plan, just a white paper. So that's enough to get 250 million in funding if you're lucky. But you have to imagine, it's kind of like a curve where there's like these outliers that get 250 million in funding or maybe 100 million in funding on two, or 50 million in funding. But most projects <laughs> come nowhere near that. So I, I have been involved in, 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 in some projects as uh, advisor and, 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 you know, some projects struggle, but still, even the projects that did not meet anywhere near the amount of money that they wanted to raise, they still were able to raise money at a very, very early stage, where normally at that stage, they would not have been able to get any investment. And they did, did this without having to give up any shares. So I would say uh, ICO is right now even though the market has been, has been is, is right now, it's maybe not the best market to do the ICO because um, values have been going down, investors are freezing a little bit. And at the same time, there's uh, a huge amount of people that want to do an ICO. So it's much more yeah. competition. So it's hard to attract investors. But I would say, say it's still, uh, right now, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity for, for founders to issue their own money. Um, to, to raise money, uh, lots of money at a very early stage without giving up equity. 
and who should get into this? Because you said there's a quite a large amount of people interested in this now because they've seen the big dollar signs, right? So who should get into this now? Well, from the founder side, who should get into this? I would mm -hmm. say anything where a cryptocurrency can make sense. And I would say can in some way make sense. Because if I look at the projects, which project, unless it's a really an infrastructure project, it's really about building a new coin, which most projects are not. 95% of the projects are not about building a new coin. They're just about building a business and using a coin uh, that you somehow relates to the business and thereby with the purpose of raising money. And I've seen, I mean, there, there, you can look at so many projects that really don't really need a, block, uh, a blockchain solution. And if they would have, maybe they could use Bitcoin or Ethereum, but they don't really need their own money. There's for 99% of the projects, I would say, there's no need to make your own money. But the basic reason you do your own money is to raise funding. And most of these projects are projects that have very little to do with actual blockchain. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about Airbnbs. We are talking even about consulting businesses that are coming yeah. out and saying, let's do our own coin. I've met a guy who is a known consultant paying, uh, charging a lot for personal consulting and coming out with his own coin named after his himself. Yeah. Now, we pay for for his services and he's doing an ICO. Or he has been, uh, doing, been, been doing an ICO. So basically there's, I would say no real limit, but of course investors are more interested in case the project relates to in some way to blockchain. So anything that's in the financial services, get investors ex more excited, anything where you can, which is about privacy, which is about decentralization, is lends itself more for uh, investment uh, buyer launching investors. Okay. And uh, are they getting smarter now, the investors? Because we talked a few weeks ago and I think you said, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, of course, you said they have no idea. Like just the majority have just no idea. And uh, as I understand it, a lot of people became millionaires for the first time uh, thanks to ICOs. And those people are now investing in new ICOs. And now the question is, do the old school investors have any idea these days? Has anything changed in the last, let's say, three, four weeks? And the new guys who have those millions of dollars that they've made, have they become smarter? Like, how's it right. progressed? I would qualify my, my answer from before in one way, in the sense that what I meant is that there is, for most of these currencies, there's no real underlying reason for the currency to go up. The reason the currency goes up is because of expectation. Now, um, if you are uh, a smart investor, you at the first at the first um, point you will take a look at this and you say, well, they don't make any revenue. There's no profit. And actually, if I invest in the ICO, I will not get shares of the company. Meaning, the company can be worth a billion dollars. The ICO mm -hmm. company and make huge amounts of profits, and I will not get anything from that. And the founders that are receiving the money don't get any obligations. There's no obligation of 
customers to do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want to. So a founder can, for example, raise $10 million and pay himself $1 million in salary every single month. And that would not even be a scam because that is basically what he can do as the founder because it's his money that you invested in his company without any of the investor protection. So that is something that I would call is, um, and if you don't know about that, I would call this kind of stupid because right. I, I talk to, the, to these investors and they don't know this. But on the other hand, um, since um, tokens have still been rising in some cases, it might still be a good investment. And even a smart investor might invest, not because he knows there is an underlying value, but because he expects there to be hype. And if he's able to sell the tokens at a stage where there is a lot, a lot of hype, he might be able to get a good deal, invest, and then sell the tokens. And yeah, there was no underlying value, but it, it was still a smart investment because there was he knew that there was enough hype for him to be able to sell the tokens at a higher price. But to your question of have investors become smarter, yeah, I guess a little bit, I would say maybe not smarter, but I would say more cautious because there have been some of these projects that people invested in have failed. Um, some of them have been obvious scams where people, after raising the money, just put up on the website a dig and uh, that's it. You don't hear anything from the founders. Mm. Um, others have just, you, don't, you see the project, there's nothing going on, they raise the money and then the Telegram channel goes all quiet, or almost quiet, and there's really no real update. That's, you know, it's not a scam yet, but it seems that people, uh, founders are much less responsive. And then a third one is where um, investors have been promised that um, the tokens would get listed on exchanges and mm -hmm. have not been listed. And I think I recently read a statistic that um, a huge, uh, huge percentage, I think maybe something like 40% of the projects from 2017 um, already failed. Wow. So combined, it means that, yeah, investors are now nowadays much more cautious and generally in investing in ICO projects. And as they have seen, the market go down. Before it was like they just invest and they expect uh, returns of 10,000%, and now they don't get any more of those returns. So mm -hmm. they are less excited and, and more cautious. Okay. And is there a change coming up? Do you think like, are there really smart entrepreneurs who are going to fix this problem uh, where so-called entrepreneurs launch an ICO and essentially they have no one, there's no accountability, there's no structure. And obviously you're, you're an expert in, in these types of uh, setups, right? Uh, in terms yeah. of, yeah. This is something interesting. I do think that um, this will change. I do think that um, the market will have um, further downturn and a lot of these projects will go, um, will, will, will not see the light of the day. Just to give a quick example, a friend of mine just returned from Cayman Islands. He was there uh, for a month and he met several entrepreneurs that launched an ICO because um, uh, it's a, Cayman Islands is a good place to launch an ICO. And he told me none of those entrepreneurs. Interesting location. <laughs> yeah, it's a good location. And none of the entrepreneurs seems to be working at all or working hard on the ICO now that they've raised the money. Uh, one entrepreneur, he told me, raised $25 million and basically is spending it everything on girls and drinking. 
because if you raise 25 million and, and, and you don't have any obligation what to do with this money, well, why would you? I mean, maybe from a moral standpoint, yeah, you should, but you got 25 million and maybe the project never would see the ground of the day anyway. Why, why, why would you put all this money into the project? So mm -hmm. this is, of course, a situation which cannot continue. I mean, investors are not continuing to invest millions into projects and then those projects don't get launched. So what I um, think is going to happen is that investors will uh, only invest if certain conditions are met. And there are, yes, there are um, opportunities for entrepreneurs uh, or for, let's say, for the ecosystem, for, for people generally in the ecosystem to, to make rules. Um, rules, for example, uh, like scroll payments, Small contracts whereby the money that is invested is only released if certain milestones are being met, or is only released if the investors vote for the money to be released. So you can, for example, invest 10 million, and uh, all investors, according to their investment, get voting rights. And then the, the first million gets paid right away, and then for the second million to be paid. There's certain milestones that have been agreed in advance, and then investors evaluate if these milestones have been met or not, and then they can release that money. And there have been solutions, um, escrow solutions, smart contracts to do exactly that. It's just that still, um, as long as investors are willing to invest without those solutions being implemented, me as a founder, why do I want to implement such a solution? Because I much rather prefer to get the money directly without having this milestone payment and just be able to decide what I want to do with this money, even if I don't aim to scam people. Um, but, as, um, but as investors are no longer willing to invest, those solutions, of course, will become more popular. And, and there, are, there are other kinds of solutions where investors are, are, are protected, mm -hmm. um, basically like um, a decentralized organization, whereby similarly to what I just explained, where investors have voting rights in, in the business, not being managers, but they have co-decision rights, and so what you see in a startup investment, which um, for all important decisions, uh, investors have the rights to co-decide, um, that would also be possible and, and easily possible with um, uh, cryptocurrency investments. And I, and I think that's going, something that's going to happen. Okay. Um, so basically to summarize, it's going more towards, towards a traditional setups that the startup industry has been using for decades so it's going more towards that so i would say one more so one is that investor protection mm -hmm. uh, in the startup in, um, investment um every startup contract where an investor invests in a startup has investor protections and these investor protections for example are uh, a salary cap for the founders founders cannot decide to pay themselves more than let's say two thousand dollars per month minimum um or that's the maximum so they can live but they will not be able to pay themselves a lot of money on a salary they only gain if the company gets sold um or two uh liquidation preference so you invest a uh, hundred thousand into a company and when the company gets sold you're the first one to get at least a hundred thousand back otherwise you invest a hundred thousand and the second day, the next day, the entrepreneur is able to sell the company for 90000 selling the 100000 on, and he would still have maybe 90% of the company, only having, giving you 10%, but 
So he would get 90, 90% of this 90,000 he sold it for, and you only get 10%. So you need a liquidation preference. And you have cocktail rights, and you have voting rights. Um, so there are many investor protections, um, which are essential for in, any kind of um, startup investment, which cryptocurrencies investments, ICOs, do not have or did not have, and they will have it. And another thing is ownership rights. So um, right now with the ICOs, you get money. They just print their own money. They print it by doing an ERC20 token, which basically can be numbers in a couple of minutes or hours maybe. It doesn't take much to do such a token. And, and that's it, they don't do anything for it. And, and the, and the uh, investors don't have any ownership rights. So a company can become a billion dollar company and they investors don't get anything. So that's also, I think, it's going to change. That it makes sense to just give the, the investors the rights in the company. So in that sense, it would be similar to traditional investment. You get investor protection and you get rights in the company. The, th the difference that I think in the future will still persist in terms of from what, we, what we get from ICOs is that um, it is possible to sell your investment almost immediately after you make the investment because you get tokens mm -hmm. and um, you might be able to, to trade these tokens right away uh, after you made the investment. While right now, when you invest, you go to a notary, you, you sign a contract, and then you are in the investment until the, uh, the investment, the company has an exit, which might be in 10 years from now. And so people don't like to invest for a 10-year time horizon. They uh, prefer to invest like in ICOs, put a little bit of money, and maybe a month later, they can already sell what they invested in. And that's what generated the hype, because people could immediately sell and immediately make the money. So that is something, I think, that um, comes from the ICO investment. I think that's going to persist. So you will have tokenized investments with um, investor protection and um, it's with ownership rights in the company. It's going to be interesting seeing in a year or two, looking back at this video and seeing uh, what's been implemented or or if the industry went uh, downhill. <laughs> but um, let, let's let's switch to the next topic. So the current, well, obviously anyone watching this as, at the time of the recording, current market has been going down for a long time, right? It's for several months, uh, the crypto market. So this is slightly off topic. Well, what, what would you expect to happen with it in the next, let's say, well, this year, for example? So cryptocurrency markets are extremely hard to predict because it mainly depends on expectations. Um, you know, if I'm looking at a currency, um, a, a fiat currency, a US dollar, euro, um, there are clear indicators what drives the currency's value. How does the economy uh, perform? Is it performing well? Currencies would like to go up. How, what is the price level in the country? If the price level is very high, currency might go down to adjust for, for, for the high price level. If the um, interest rates are high uh, or being raised, then probably it's going to go up. Mm -hmm. um, for, for stock prices, I mean, you just look at um, the, the revenue and the revenue forecast and the, the, the um, um, things that are um, going to change the, re the revenue. Or you look at the assets of the company. In all companies, sometimes the assets are so valuable so you know how, how to value the company. It's just looking at the assets. In cryptocurrency, you don't have anything of that. There is 
no profit, there is no revenue, no assets, and there is no interest rate. So what drives the cryptocurrency um, value? Um, in, 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 so there's no reason for it to go up. There, there is some reason for it to go down. For it to go down would, for example, be if um, stricter regulations comes or if, let's say, uh, there are advances in quantum computing and then it makes it much easier to mine cryptocurrencies. And because of that, the supply of cryptocurrencies increases because now miners can get uh, Bitcoins very easily, so the price of Bitcoin would, would fall. So, but for it to go up, there's um, no, no real driver for it to go up except for expectations. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, for, specifically for the ICO market, I do expect uh, it to, uh, to, the, the, the overall market capitalization, I expect it to not change very much. I expect the, 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 the ICO hype to go down in the sense there is now many more ICOs competing for the same amount of money. So the, the potential benefit of doing an ICO, the potential amount of money that you would be, raised, be able to raise in the future, I expect that to go down. Mm, makes sense. Uh, but overall, uh, what I'm hearing is it's because it, there's fewer indicators. Uh, it's actually very, very hard to predict much, right? Sure. Yes, I would agree with that. So let's yeah. talk about. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sure Bitcoin is going to go over fifty thousand this year, and and so, but then I'm like, why? Why is it going to go over fifty thousand this year? And and they don't really have an answer. Because because it's a new currency, you don't understand. It's not a fiat currency. It's the new currency, and the old rules don't apply to new currencies. So that that's I mean that's what they say over and over. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to comment on it. So let, let's talk about Mark. Sorry. Thing of course is uh, why you have to be a bit cautious um, with um, what people say is that you can talk positively about the industry, you can talk negatively about the industry. Um, and most of the people that we'll talk about are the experts in the industry. The experts in the industry usually have some involvement in the industry. That's why they're the experts. Mm -hmm. If they have some kind of involvement in the industry, what do they have to gain if they talk negatively about the industry? If they talk negatively about Bitcoin? I mean, they probably have a lot of Bitcoins. Why would they talk negatively about it? So they only gain by talking positively about it. And by talking positively about it, maybe they might have an impact on it going up a little bit in which they case they benefit themselves. So you gotta think about that. I mean, um, people, why is it going up so much? Why has it been going up so much? Because people kept talking about it positively. Why? Because they have some financial interest in it. Yeah, there's a book called Emergence, one of my top five favorite books. And it actually explain more or less the same thing you just explained. What it says in the book is when systems emerge uh, through, you know, many groups of people who work on these systems, when they merge like that, uh, whatever is incentivized is more likely to evolve inside that system. So that's kind of the summary of the book. Of course, I'm slaughtering the book by su summarizing it like that. Uh, if anyone's interesting, interested in that, just uh, go on Amazon, get the book. It's called Emergence. Awesome book. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about marketing of ICOs. 
So I think uh, your colleague uh, Alex is also an expert in that. So maybe you should kind of get him on board for, for a few minutes here. If he doesn't mind. Yeah, I'm just going to call him. Okay. He's kind of... <laughs> Um, He's fast, like a ninja. Yeah, but um, um, so what we had discussed shortly before um, um, the call was that there are many different channels for mocking anything and, of course, also mocking ICOs. And generally, it's becoming more and more difficult to market ICOs because there's so much more competition. And you need to get across this competition and uh, make investors invest in your ICO and not in the thousands of other comp uh, ICOs competing for the investors' money. So marketing is very important, and that's now why um, a lot of, basically all the companies are doing some pre-sale, so not doing the public ICO, but they're doing some pre-sale at a, a very high discount. Many times it's to raise money for the ICO and then um, be able to do the ICO. And... Um, so you have um, all the different kinds of channels, which is um, social media, uh, which is including um, guerrilla marketing techniques on Bitcoin talk or um, on Reddit. And then of course you have Facebook paid ads and Google um, AdWords paid ads. And of course you have PR, which in many cases is also paid. And you have these review sites or rating sites, which in many cases is also paid. Mm -hmm. Um, so now the fact that Facebook and Google AdWords, um, Facebook already and Google AdWords soon, will no longer allow ICO ads, um, means that of course the other channels become, become even more important. So, so in terms of the terms that are being used uh, in the industry, like airdrops, uh, Etc. Could, could you maybe Alex could clarify what all these terms mean? Because I can I hear them over and over. You know, airdrop this, influencer marketing that, and so on. Well, first of all, how are you, uh, Alex? Good to see you. Always good to see you. <laughs> can you hear me? Hi. Hi. Awesome. Oh, actually, uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Alex? Uh, I, I I think I forgot introducing you in the beginning. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. I'm Alex Bracken, and um, my background is mostly in. Uh, marketing research and development of innovative product ideas and uh, startup business models uh, through my company in Seattle. And I'm a partner at uh, IC Coin Ventures. So uh, on this topic of, uh, of marketing, you mentioned airdrops and bounties and so on. And, uh, and these are some uh, concepts. So just to very quickly define it, like an airdrop is where you can actually basically drop for free um, a new coin into someone's wallet so you can actually give it sort of as a gift as a, as a marketing tool to get their attention mm -hmm. and to also kickstart um, the, uh, the pool of people who own your, your currency and, uh, and a bounty is when you do something similar you grant them the coin but you actually have them take a marketing action to get that coin so it's very similar and maybe the best way to uh, to understand it is to consider it like uh, influencer marketing which is of course huge and you know this very well it's just blowing up uh still in uh, in all kinds of industries and probably many of your viewers um are involved in that in some way like if they're doing affiliate marketing so uh, so doing a bounty is very much like that so you're promoting a coin in some way like tweeting about it uh making a youtube video about it and uh and you're doing that in exchange for getting some some coin 
So there's regulations uh, around that. Uh, you know, this may be important because it actually spreads beyond the issue of cryptocurrency or ICOs. Uh, which is that if any of your audience is doing influencer marketing uh, or affiliate marketing, it's actually very important for them to disclose that relationship in their communications. Um, so, for example, if you are promoting um, a new coin, uh, you know, Alex coin or something, let's call it, um, and I'm receiving some of this coin in exchange for that, I really need to disclose that I am promoting it or in any way mentioning it because I received that coin. So that has to be disclosed in your tweets and in your videos and in everywhere, in a, in a, in a not a hidden way. It has to be quite clear to everyone who's watching. And how many people are doing that? <laughs> Actually, it's funny, there was a, uh, a survey, a, a research uh, project that was published just a few days ago. And it showed that in influencer marketing, uh, basically scraped uh, YouTube videos and some other sources, they found that the compliance rate was very low. And this is compliance with FTC regulations, which is what falls under in the U.S. Other countries have similar regulations. And uh, compliance was very low. Depending on how you measure it, uh, it was under 30%. Um, but, but by some estimates, it could be well under 10%. So what that means is that most affiliate marketers or influencer marketers um, are not complying with FTC regulations. Uh, the danger there is really that um, they have some liability basically. So if something happens, if there's a complaint to the FTC, if there's an investigation, they are part of that marketing chain and have some like that. Right. And, and, and of course, not only the marketer, but also, as I understand, the, the company that's incentivizing. That's correct. Yeah, everyone is part of that chain. And uh, the case that may be most familiar to your audience is what happened with Amazon recently, uh, only about three years ago now. They really cracked down on the uh, review gaming that was happening. So products mm. were getting fake reviews in favor of the product, competing products were getting fake reviews against the product, so some negative influence in there, and, um, and that was a big mess, and the, the issue was that Amazon, as a big part of that chain, the marketing chain, is actually liable, they're providing the mechanism for this review, and so they had to crack down and make sure that everyone's complying, and that, that was a big shakeup for three years ago. And the same could happen to any ICO doing uh, marketing via airdrops and bounties, which um, a lot, you know, that's something that actually has been growing quite a lot, and, and bounty marketing, and, and seems to be working quite well. But it's also something that um, if you would want to comply by the rules, uh, it's illegal. Basically, the way that the way it's being done. Mm. Yeah, but many of the players, I mean, you can do it if fully compliant, and that certainly is uh, would be a very good idea for anyone to do if you want to build a sustainable company, certainly. Um, but just the way it's currently done, and this is not just in cryptocurrency, this is in other markets, product sales, very commonly, for example, um, the compliance is low. Yeah, actually, every time I heard someone talk about this form of marketing, I've never heard them talk about compliance, not a single time. Maybe just the people that I know, but I like to think that I know really cool people who are uh, doing everything legally, but they've never mentioned this particular part before, so I'm a little bit surprised right now. Uh, but it makes perfect sense considering all the rules regarding, you know, even reviews on a website. Like even if you put a review on your website, there needs to be an FTC disclaimer, right? So like. That's right. And just, just uh, again, this is not uh, legal advice in any way, uh, nor is it investment advice in general sense. But um, some maybe idea for your audience is that uh, if they are promoting product, a service, uh, if they're promoting anything basically and they're receiving something of value from the company or the vendor that's selling that, 
um, they really need to disclose the nature of that connection, so whether they're being paid or if they receive the product for free or at a discount. And actually, it can it can be even a less tangible of a benefit. For example, if I'm reviewing something in exchange just for being just for having myself um, on a commercial or on a, on a popular YouTube channel, that could be construed as uh, I'm receiving uh, some fame or you know exposure, which could have some value. So, so basically, to be safe, you should really disclose all uh, your connections. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, there was a huge scandal on YouTube, uh, I think last year actually, where all the YouTubers with large audiences were promoting all kinds of stuff, including betting websites, without disclosing any of this. And the scandal reached just hundreds of these people, and they had serious, serious issues with, uh, well, legal issues, let's just call it that. And I think at the very least, they got strikes or suspensions from YouTube, which was a huge, huge deal. So, and YouTube is pretty much, you know, Instagram, YouTube, those are huge in, in influencer marketing. So, yeah, what, what you're saying, I, it sounds like this is going to happen to this industry one day as well, uh, where there's just a giant clampdown on the marketing practice going on. Uh, but unfor unfortunately, we're running out of time now. So, and also... Uh, Aika has a, I believe, a, an appointment in a few minutes. But uh, I mean, okay, if you, if you got any any other questions, um, you would still be available. If, if there's anything else you wanted to add, uh, well, I actually like to ask you guys if you'd like to to talk about anything that you guys are doing right now. So I'm, I'm, as I understand, you're launching two uh, projects right now. So yeah, let, let, let me just very quickly say um, what we're doing is. Um, Related to the problem that I talked about earlier about the um, scam ICOs. So we're building different projects, also one related to, to bounties and, and airdrops, um, trying to uh, establish an ecosystem for uh, investors and ICOs to come together and to do something which is legally and fair to all parties. Mm. Awesome. And how, let, let's say that people want to reach out to you and they want, for example, advice about how to do everything legally and fairly or how to structure things. Uh, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so if anybody wants to contact us to either get some advice, which we would, um, if it's um, quick advice, provide for free, or to, in one way or the other, participate in the project, uh, then you're very welcome to write us on info at iqcoinventures.com or just check us out under iqcoinventures.com. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And who should contact you? Who, would, who you prefer to contact you? Anybody who is an entrepreneur or a wannabe entrepreneur. Okay, fair enough. Awesome. So we'll... Uh, Audience um, falls into that category. Yeah, certainly. They certainly do. Uh, so we, we, need, we need to end here. So thank you very much, guys, for coming. I really appreciate your time. And thanks for jumping in, Alex. Uh, thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank for the marketing questions. Uh, have, a, have a great time there. Bye. All right, this was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review 
this podcast. If you like it, I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.